Hey, what's going on guys? Nate and Philip back at again. Another episode of the Pokey Talk Podcast. What's going on, man? Hey, not too much, not too much. Have a pretty chill episode today. I'm pretty excited for this one. We kind of talked about this one for a little bit. We've had it on the back burner for a while. Yeah, not too much happening in the hobby. Um, we're recording this one a little early. You know, we record all episodes pretty early, but this one, uh, you know, pretty much a week in advance just so we can get it down. So with that, there's not a whole lot of news. A um, couple topics, though, that I wouldn't mind touching on. But, uh, yeah, any updates with you? Anything that, that you've been doing? Uh, besides my comic binge, we did play a game of Disney Lorcana with proxies. That was pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty, really pretty easy once you get it down. Yeah, I, uh, yesterday I had my normal D&D session and, uh, actually played some magic afterwards with a buddy and, uh, yeah, after playing that game of Lorcana and then going back to Magic, I mean, you can just see it's it's very very similar, and uh, the differences are still what I think to be for the better. Um, it's just hard to explain unless you uh, you play it yourself, but it's uh, still looking promising, and pretty much everybody that I've talked to about it in my friend group. Um, you know, they, they seem to think so just by explaining the rules and how close it is to magic and they're definitely going about it in the right direction. So we're going to be playing some more games hopefully. And, uh, yeah, it, it's really fun. I can't wait to get the, uh, starter decks. Like I for sure want to make a few decks to play, um, starter decks being, some of those, so I'll probably try to get all of those. And uh, I was thinking, depending on how fun this is to play, the first set, you know, being quite large as well, it'd almost be cool to, like, buy a booster box or two and keep, like, four to eight copies of every card just so in the future you can potentially, like, make any combination of cards you want you know, with a friend and you'd have like a little stockpile of cards that you can play with. So I thought about doing that, but yeah, it would be fun to do just to kind of have a little stockpile of cards where you can make whatever deck you want from the first set. But anything in news that you wanted to cover? No, there really wasn't much that I saw. I know they kind of there's been a lot of 151 cards that have been kind of leaked, but we're kind of we're gonna hold off on going through that till we see more. Um, I mean, there really is, isn't much. I mean, they're having a TCG apparel featuring you, Nagaba, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's uh, I, uh, I guess <laughs> that's coming through uh, a certain. Apparel company starting May twentieth. Yeah, can be shipped outside Japan. Um, you know, we just had revealed that he's doing a TCG accessories and evolution promos featuring his artwork. Um, 
be I I like this artwork and I, I like the simplistic style, but we'll just see how much they are. I don't want to be spending, you know, fifty sixty dollars for this T-shirt. <laughs> but shit, I could get this made for damn near nothing. Just buy the shirt, and it's just it's just kind of interesting how simple these designs are. With the cards, I like it because it's kind of unique and it's it follows a theme. That's why I the cards appeal to me, and that's why I put my uh, name in the hat for the lottery system for the Eevee set he has. But seeing it like on a shirt and various other items, <laughs> I like the one with all the Eevees <laughs> on the front, like lined it's like, up. And... It's like you let a toddler, like, hey, child, son, daughter, whatever, draw me something. And then you put that on a shirt. And then you're selling it for, like, like you said, like 40, 50 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like the style. And it's a lot more than, you know, what it looks like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What, what are these magnets that they're selling? Either magnets or stickers or. Yeah, I can't tell. I can't tell what that is. Yeah. The... I will say the 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 black with the mock TCG cards kind of cool. Yeah, like the, the back of the Pokemon. That's kind of cool. It's got the aesthetic is neat looking. I'll give him that. Yeah, looks like they got a handkerchief and socks and <laughs> <laughs> got everything. He, is there are there are going to be some people that probably really do enjoy this artist. They will buy a good portion of that line. Yeah, that's what they're banking on. I think. But yeah, I mean, the other news, yeah, we got some more 151 leaks. Like you said, we're going to be probably doing a dedicated episode to that. Um, You know, kind of maybe give an update on where the hobby's at and how this set compares to like evolutions and all that. Um, Another evolutions. Yeah, the artwork rolling out (laughs) looks pretty good so far, but yeah, we'll touch on that. Um. Apparently, there's a article on Pokey Beach about Clayburst being, um, I guess they they decided to make Clayburst booster boxes made to order. So apparently, you can submit your applications for booster boxes from May 11th through May 16th. So, I mean, I guess that's going on right now. So by the time you hear this, it's pretty much over. Um but it's open to like anybody. So you can put in your request for a booster box, just like you would purchase them. And then coming into early, late August, or even into early October, depending on the date assigned to your order, the boxes will kind of be issued out to you. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. So originally they were sold out within the first day of release because of the demand for Iono and, of course, being a waifu. Um, it is a very good card as well, I think, for the actual playability. So people have been really going crazy for that card. Um, the alt art is even at $2,000. So it's uh, pretty nuts. It's kind of like the yeah. next level Umbreon VMAX. But 
they are doing another batch where it's made to order and everyone can eventually get their hands on them so it's gonna it's gonna be a little bit though but you know at least people will get them so it's uh it's interesting that they decide to do that hopefully uh they can do this for future products like i would i would like to see them do anything that sells out immediately like that and sees that price you know in between sets or once the set cools down open up a window like this to uh actually be made to order so they can give people one more chance and maybe they don't have to print any more of these cards and they can just do the one and done but yeah interesting but speaking of cool follow a trend. yeah i say they're starting to follow a trend of now printing more after after this set after you know, eevee heroes and this set now and I'm sure it's not the last one. It's kind of interesting seeing that trend and how the Japanese market trends are kind of changing a little bit. Yeah. Because they have to meet demand, or at least maybe not meet demand per se specifically, but they do have to get to the point where it's not chaotic, at least. Yeah. Yeah, they're making adjustments and they're they'll still they're still learning. You know, from the hype and all that. But, uh, yeah, they'll figure it out. But speaking of crazy artworks and stuff like that, that is what this episode is about, which I'm sure you can tell by the title. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to kind of be going through our favorite artists and talking about kind of the top three-ish cards. Like, we're, we're all going to have at least three cards, but... In general, just talking about our favorites, like yeah, you know. it's hard for me to choose. Yeah, I know a lot of your picks kind of had similar artwork across multiple cards. So if there's ever that situation, we're kind of bunching it in together, and yeah, uh, yeah we'll kind of we'll kind of go with that. But let me skim across the news though, making sure that there's nothing else. I mean, yeah, not really. There's more English cards for Paldea Evolved revealed on Poke Beach, so if you like that, go check that out. The only reason that catches my eye is because Tinkatuff is on there. That's like my favorite new Pokemon from uh, Scarlet and Violet. It's a really cool card. They have a alt art, so that's pretty cool. But yeah, still continuing the trend with alt arts and character rares and all this business, so... It's a, it's a really cool theme they got going on, and Iono, of course, is going to be in that set as well. But, uh, yeah, other than that, not too not too much happening, I guess. Nope. Let's see. I'm trying to make sure I have all the cards set up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess if... Uh, you're ready. We can hop on into our artists. No, oh, I'm ready. Like. Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. All right. So, top three favorite artists and the cards that stand out the most to us. So, would you like to go first or you want me to go first? Uh, I guess I'll go ahead and go. Um, so, I'll go ahead and just put out the first. I guess my favorite first. I've talked about it enough times. I think most people already know that it's Komiya. Um, 
Kamiya has been, he was kind of the first one. There's like these artworks. I wasn't, when I first got kind of back in the hobby, I really wasn't paying attention to like the exact artists. Um, I just like looking at various cards with the artwork. But then I began noticing a trend of a lot of the cards that seemed to be one of my personal favorites. Like, like just random commons, uncommons, rares. Like I'm not even talking about like, you know, Full art cards, just enjoying the hobby. You know, your 50-cent cards that you just scroll through and can find at any random TCG store that they have in their bolt bin. And that's how I basically came across Kamiya. Just, I bought collections, you know, I went to various hobby stores, and I, I, I pulled out cards, obviously ones that I thought I could flip at the time, but also ones that I really, really liked that were cheap that I thought would be great to just have a collection, just enjoying the hobby. And Kamiya was the... It was basically mostly his cards, <laughs> um, you know, and I started paying more attention to it. And obviously it kind of developed to having a binder with Kamiya. So Tomokazu Kamiya, his, he goes back to Watsi, to Neogen. Um, and his style is what they call pr primitivism. Um, <laughs> I know, I had difficulty saying that word, because the isms, isms. But anyways, um, it's an art movement that basically takes inspiration from themes or stylistic elements of prehistory, tribal cultures, or children's art. That's the definition coming straight from Bulbapedia, Kamiya's uh, profile um, in Bulbapedia. So you, you can really see that in his work. And my favorite one of his is probably this Green Psyduck. I think... Not only is it the one of the most exclusive cards he's ever he's ever been a part of, but it's definitely the most novel and most unique, I think, out of most of his work. Um, that being said, there's been a few full art cards recently that have kind of given Komiya this ability to do a little bit more. He's kind of doing more than just like the Pokemon and just the background. He's starting to have a little bit more of this kind of color and glossiness when it comes to the full arts. It's just giving it a different aesthetic. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, uh, the ones that kind of come to mind are the Orokoro from, what was it, V-Star Universe? And then it was the Hypno that just came out. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Which says that from? But then he's also has this line that, that that they they gave him in Snow Hazard, as well, and it's starting to have that too. Like for example, Hagabox. Like the the colors are now starting to it's getting to be gorgeous. Even though this Pokemon, I don't even care for. <laughs> yeah, he does a lot um, with like neon colors too. Mm -hmm. Like nowadays. It seems like, like a lot, this, lot more of his artwork is getting, you know, more stylized yeah. and yeah, almost like exactly. charcoal look to it. Like the hypno from Scarlet and Violet, like that is like a mesmerizing piece right there. You have its background, like it's starting to be more in depth. He's allowed to do, I think, kind of have a little more freedom than just like, hey, draw slowpoke. Hey, draw so and so. For some reason, slow this slowbro line. I don't know if. Komiya loves that line or what, but if you look at it with a lot of his cards, there's certain po reoccurring Pokemon that they, they, they he keeps on drawing, and the Slowbro line, or the Slowpoke line is one of them. 
Um, and it, I mean, he he's got my he has my one of my favorite slow, well my favorite slow king and slow bro arts, and that's from Neo Destiny. Um, the light slow king and the or the dark slow king and light slow bro. I would say that might be like number two with like right behind Scream Psyduck potentially. Yeah. Yeah. I like a lot of his stuff um, more so today than his older stuff. Like I can see that. I like his, his older stuff was, you know, not bland by any means, but it was mostly, you know, just the Pokemon kind of had his mm-hmm. style and then sometimes yeah. the background. Yeah. But, I do like a lot of his cards in the, um, oh, what is it, Vending series. Yeah. So a lot of those cards yep. are very unique, and I feel like... Derpy, even. Yeah, he got to show <laughs> off Chansey. a lot of his styles there. <laughs> so. That Chansey is, like, derp level over 9,000. Um, I I do think, I, I agree, I think some of the best, like, focus when it comes to Pokemon probably is the bending series but or even the vs series he has some he has some great art in the vs series mm-hmm. um and it's this darker to- they have, it's like this darker tonal colors um and as now today it's a brighter tonal colors uh and it's a contrast but a few of these kind of look more <sighs> some there's a certain level of menacing on, on some of them that is kind of peculiar seeing on a Pokemon card that really makes it stick out. And uh, a lot of his older stuff, like, I don't think... Some of the stuff in the middle are kind of meh. Like, obviously, not every not every card is going to be an amazing piece of artwork, right? Yeah. It, I mean, every artist has some of the ones that are just kind of bland. And Komiya is no exception. Um, but... A lot of his earlier ones, maybe it's the YC, there's just a lot of character involved with it, with how derpy he makes some of his characters because of the imitism style. Yeah, and I remember his styles, like, back in the day. Like, when I was little, I almost didn't like his style because it was so unique. But now, yeah, you just kind of grow to appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Um, I like a lot of symmetry and like centering in a lot of artwork and stuff like that. So his style doesn't really fit my needs that way, but um yeah, it's uh it's kinda funny to see how it has changed and grown on me. Mm-hmm. I would say another one of my personal faves, they both come from the Neo era. Um it's the Palitoad Hollow. And the Pokemon March from Neo Genesis. Um, I don't have this on here, but Moomoo Milk is also a part of that. So Moomoo Milk and Pokemon March, I went to a card shop. They had dozens upon dozens of those cards. And they were selling them for like 10 cents a pop. This was like still, this was after the hype. This was like a year and a half ago. And I think I ended up leaving the store with like, 300 Kamiya cards like i just bought i just bought every single one that i i saw like i just kind of wanted a bulk Kamiya thing and a lot of my 
uh, bulk cards, a good portion is of his of his cards, and I have no problem with that. I mean, yeah. just his earlier work, like the Masaki promos with Machamp, and then when we start getting to Expedition, you, you have both the Pidgeotto line, and also you have uh, Bulbasaur and Charmeleon. These are also other ones that are most notable for me, some of my favorites. The one where it looks like Bulbasaur is like praising the sun. Oh, yeah. I do like and, that one a lot. Yeah. And knowing like the, so knowing kind of like the style of how it's supposed to be like early man prehistoric times, I find that card very fitting with it both being Bulbasaur. And even having almost like humanistic elements where he's like raising up to the sun. It just yeah. feels like, so in prehistory, like they obviously worship the sky. They worship the sun as a deity, the moon as a deity, all that. And I don't know, just seeing that in a card with this style, it just makes me think of <clears throat> prehistoric times when man was just growing into civilization from hunter-gatherer era to civilization. And I just find it, kind of a fascinating giver of life that the sun is. And that's what Bulbasaur is expressing as being a grass, a grass Pokemon. Yeah, for sure. But yep. He's uh he's got some good stuff and a lot of people, you know, like him quite a bit. Mm -hmm. He's been made popular by a few YouTubers as well. Um, yeah. He's got a lot of variants too of his cards, like a shit ton of them. Yeah. Yeah, there he's very unique, like card to card, very different. Um, but it's just the style that you recognize right away. Out of all the Pokemon artists, if you lined up like five cards of every artist that there ever was, you could probably only narrow down a couple of those artists, like pretty decently um meaning that you know if you see five cards like you could match five cards together and it'd be that one artist komiya would definitely be one of those because mm -hmm. all his cards kind of have that another. yeah all his cards kind of have that you know thing i think arita would be kind of hard though because he's got quite the <sighs> variety and he's kind of he kind of fits in that look of like cartoony look like a lot of artists have their own unique thing but a lot of them also kind of dip into like the you know cartoon anime or manga style at some extent so i'll refrain my comment for later <laughs> um but on 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 that one uh because i kind of want to say more about arita hint hint <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I think, but it, so let's just go ahead and go towards yours because I think we covered Kamiya pretty well. And I mean, I could go on about Kamiya, about his, you know, the Watsi era specifically, but yeah. Yeah. Well, another one of those artists that would really stand out for me is uh, Sugimori, which, yeah, he, he's not in my top three, but he was very close because, you know, he's. Kind of like the Godfather, and uh, his artwork is the most nostalgic for sure. It's the artwork you see in a lot of the early books, a lot of base set stuff like that. Um, pretty much all 
of the illustrations and the game books, like really just the OG stuff. And his art style is very unique because it's got like that, almost like that brushed look where he has like washed out spots on the Pokemon, like little white spots. If you, if you just, you know, see one, you kind of know what I'm talking about. It's almost like a washed out look of his color colors in his artwork but his stuff really stands out and Komiya is just kind of one there's of those one, artists for sure there's one more guy I'm trying to think of his name um, it's like uh, stitched kind of Pokemon oh man he has your Tutini and is it Fossil oh man I'm drawing a blank on, on him right now um <laughs> He just had a character art of, or a character rare, or not character rare, but a full art of Altaria. Um, me, it's like uh, Stitch. Let me see. Uh, what is his name? He did a Dratini in Watsi that. Nishido? Uh, There's Nishido or. I'm trying to look at some of these other. It's recognizable because it looks like something was cross-stitched. The Dratini and a lot of them does. They're like close-ups, and they almost look like 3D rendering. Oh, yeah. I know what you mean. Uh, um, second. Let me pull them up. I can't think of that guy's name, but that's that's another person that would be able to fit. You'd be able to... Sako Ito? That sounds a lot. I could say it. Yeah. A lot of that artwork, it's like, looks like cross-stitched and like clay and stuff. Yeah. Like an yep. actual mini, yeah, like a mini set that he created just to. Uh... At first, I didn't care for him, but after kind of seeing more of him, I've actually grew to appreciate his style. Yeah, let me look him up on Cerebi. If you like a certain artist, if you look them up on uh, net, you can see like all of their artworks, which is pretty it doesn't, nice. It doesn't have every one of the cards, though, I've noticed. Um, yeah. I think it mainly only has English printed, though. Well, no, it has the <laughs> in certain high-end Japanese promos. Yeah. I'm looking at them now, and pretty much all of their cards looks like they didn't. They started in Sun and Moon, though. So Sun and Moon was their first card, Poliwag. But every single one of their artworks is like a handcrafted set and a cross-stitched version of the Pokemon, and it's actually really cool. <laughs> like this might be an artist to. Uh, collect for me possibly it's just really cool how they've done all this and yeah the Altaria um, character rare that was their first like full art card but also did what set was what set was that in crown zenith glaring gallery yeah they pretty much have done at least one or two cards every set since uh, 
Guardians Rising or base at Sun and Moon. But that is really cool how they did the artwork there. Yeah, that's it. I thought it's I thought that person was around longer than that. They've been around for a while. There's a lot there's some claymation artists like back then, maybe that's what you're thinking of. Yeah. I guess it's not really claymation, but clay figures. Yeah, that's probably the one I'm, I'm referring to. Because there's like a Dratini in particularly. Yeah. But yeah, his this cross-stitching one is, is another one. So there's the claymation one. I can't remember that guy, but this is one of the ones. Where they look almost like all cross-stitched. Yeah. It's a very unique style. Yeah, that's really cool. I didn't know they uh, they did that for all their cards. That, that's a pretty cool little art set to collect. There's not many of them. And it's not expensive. They're all cheap. Most expensive ones at Crown Zine is probably Altaria. Looking at a Comia, it looks like he has 257 cards illustrated now. Yeah, it's, it's just growing. So he could, so he could still fit in one binder, though. For now, I think the binder I have went up to 360 is what would I end up doing or something like that. Allowing room to grow into it. Yeah. Or 270 or something. I forget what it was. Yeah, the nine pocket ones, they usually go 360. So. Yeah. But yeah, Comey is definitely a... Uh, I don't know. There's there's a few artists that I wouldn't mind collecting the artwork. Komiya is one, obviously, and yeah, that cross stitch one, and maybe some of these others. But yeah, let's go ahead and move on to my artist. Yeah. Um, mine's gonna be so yeah. Obviously, I picked three of them. Um, these aren't necessarily in any order. I'm mostly breaking up my first and last choice because they have the same last name. Um, and the first one I'm going to jump into is, let me pull them up here, Koki Saito. So they are pretty much known for a lot of the big promo cards, which you'll understand here soon. Mm -hmm. um, he's a freelance illustrator who does work for the Pokemon TCG. He did a lot of manga illustrations for popular Japanese game tie-ins. Um, looks like he's also designed a number of characters and mascots that feature on his website as part of a fantasy land called Torklek. So he's he's kind of got his own little world and it kind of showcases his quirky and detailed drawing style through his characters on his website. Um, his main inspirations are from Dragon Ball's creator, Akira Toriyama. And uh, that's that's kind of his biggest influence. And he definitely has the manga slash anime style oh, yeah. about him. Um some of his cards are kind of hit and miss for me, mm -hmm. but some of the big ones that I can think of are the three that I chose to talk about is uh, number one, the Mega Charizard X Poncho wearing Pikachu. 
which was in the Mega Charizard X Poncho Pikachu special box released in January 2016. It's the uh, it's the black and blue Mega Charizard. That's the Mega Charizard X, and uh, there's many of these Poncho Pikachu's that were released, but this one has a little unique art style because Pikachu's actually like he's got his arms Rawr. up and he's like growling, yeah. So the other ones are kind of where he's just kind of standing there and wearing them. This one, he's kind of got a little action to him. So that's why this one has always stood out to me. This one is a card I'm actually hunting down. So this is on my buy list, potentially. Um, Maybe collect con if someone has it, but it's a 2016 promo. It's pretty desirable and, uh, you know, getting kind of old now. So a lot of these are getting scooped up. Um, 2016 was such a great time for promos, and yeah, this definitely fits in there perfectly. Um, another one of his cards, which many people recognize, is uh, the old Mario Pikachu. Mm-hmm. It's the uh, full art specifically is a. Uh, the one I picked here because such an iconic card. Everyone knows Mario. Everyone knows Pikachu. Slap them together, and you have one of the most desirable cards of all time in the hobby. Um, this one was released in the Mario Pikachu special box in 2016, and uh, yeah, it's just very iconic. Was happy to pick this card up at the beginning of this year, thanks to some Lorcana plays. And uh, I could potentially go after this card in a 10 um, if I sell some of those Lorcana cards. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, this year alone, I think I bought my 9 for like 1800 And I was just looking last night. Um, a couple of them sold. TCA Gaming, oh, Rusty, he sold one at auction for 2600 So these cards are, are moving up these promo cards so even though we're kind of at a low point of the hobby and modern is kind of burning out these uh, promo cards that have always been desirable are still you know putting in the work they're I wonder, they're, they're silent but they're going with that one i have to wonder if so a couple of the 2451s just sold too so i I would say it's around 2500 2550 is probably the market, the eBay market at this point. Um, you could probably get a little better deal if you go elsewhere. Um, you could potentially get a better deal if you go like at a Collecticon. Um, but I think it's pretty clear. Like I, I know you and I, we, we talked about this card in, in particular. Um, and my estimation was about 3K by the end of this year like by december the card would be around 3k now i thought the movie would play a big role into it It was hugely successful um i think some of the and some of the how it was increasing over the past year i think some of it was because of that movie as well uh but i will have to wonder because the movie was hugely successful was it the top grossing animated film of all time now um or it's like just behind like frozen 2 or something you know, it was incredibly successful uh, as far as at the, the box office. And I think a lot of people were reminded of, oh, their love of nostalgia, Mario. And then like, oh, yeah, that card. Uh, maybe I should get that card. 
You know, I think some people are also still like just kind of putting two and two together uh, because while the card is pretty recognizable, I you know more and more people are starting to give it more notice, and, I, and a lot more people are also starting to notice that it is just keep on going. I think it's doubled in the past year and some change, honestly. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah. It probably had a little something to do with it. Um, it's been steadily trickling up though. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to see how it goes in the future. It's, it's a promising card. I've always said, you know, if Lorcana really blows up and is a hype situation, kind of like Pokemon was, um, I'm probably going to sell Lorcana. If it keeps going up, then, you know, that's fine because it, I've already made a lot off of it. And uh, in turn, like, I'd be selling it to buy more Pokemon. So it's just kind of putting money in somewhere else, kind of like I've always yeah. done. But. I don't, honestly, I don't have that card. And we kind of, you know, we we discussed this in tune in, er, earlier in the year about what our thought processes were about why you went for Mario. And, you know, it worked out for you pretty well, obviously. And. I decided to hold on my Lorcana, and I knew this Mario card was going to increase in price, but the expectation was the Lorcana cards would increase at a greater rate than the Mario would. And that's the chance I took to potentially buy not just the Mario Pikachu, but the Luigi Pikachu and even more. Um, and probably, like, I don't want to take too much time away from, from your end, Nathan, but Saito is on my list too <laughs> yeah um but yeah i'll i'll go more into detail later about that uh keep on with the cards you were mentioning though yeah the only other one i put up um i didn't want to do another 2016 promo because yeah you know there's a lot of good stuff but i decided to pick one of the sun and moon promos because okay um 2016 and x and y was a fantastic time for promos, obviously. Um, I think I know what you're going to say. Same, <laughs> same can be said for the Sun and Moon era. Um, they really had some great promos, especially half-art promos. Um, they really hit a home run with it. Um, so much so that X and Y and Sun and Moon era for promos kind of stands out compared to Sword and Shield. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think Sword and Shield really did it as good <laughs> as the last two generations. No. But uh, what what card do you think I'm going to pick here? Well, I remember you saying it. I thought you were going to say something else, but then I remember you said it was this card. Um, the card I thought you were originally going to say was Pretend Team Skull Pikachu. Because uh, it's technically one of the first cards from the Sun and Moon era, but it's following the style of the Pretend Pancho. Pikachu, but I know which one you're going to say now. Um, I'm not going to spoil it for you, though. <laughs> yeah, it is the Playing in the Sea Pikachu yep. mm-hmm. SMP promo 392. Uh, this is one, it's only a half art. It's a Pokemon Center stamp promo, so it's got Pokemon Center on there. It's got the hollow border, and it's got the wave hollow pattern. Um, which, fun fact, is the exact hollow pattern that's on the Disney Lorcana collector set. So, 
It's got that nice little wavy pattern. The artwork is great. I always loved surfing Pikachu and flying Pikachu as the promos, like the OG promos. But this surfing Pikachu, like, just took that and really took the cake. Like, I loved those cards back in the day because, like, what they were. And they were kind of just cool because, you know, you see Pikachu doing different things. I didn't quite love the artwork. And then when this artwork came out, it was just, like, such an amazing artwork. Um, it's real simple. It's just Pikachu riding a wave, but he's, like, bent down in action. But really what adds the most to this card is that hollow pattern. Like, there wasn't a whole lot of cards with that hollow pattern, um, especially cool promos like this. And when you have this card in hand seeing Pikachu riding the waves and the wavy hollow pattern all over the card surface. It's just a, just, it's hard to explain. It's just an amazing looking promo. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a CGC 9.5 in my collection. Um, a couple 10 subgrades probably would cross over to a 10 pretty easily, but this ultimately doesn't fit my new goal of you know the full art promos as far as my graded collection but it's a yeah it's a kind of a tough card to get rid of but i'm really holding myself to it to uh you know narrow down that collection a little more but yeah really really great cards but yeah just a recap overall i don't really care for his art style outside of Pikachu for some reason. I just love how he does Pikachu. And it's something about that 2016 to 2018 Pikachu. He's He kind of became skinny Pikachu again. You know, he went from fat Pikachu to skinny Pikachu. And his art style is very cartoony. And that was carried across multiple artists. So it's just the style of Pikachu at that time that kind of was popular. And uh, you really see that with his Pikachu cards, and you'll see that with another one of my uh, artist picks. So, yeah, I just like the way he draws Pikachu. Him and my other artist, you know, do it better than anyone, as far as I'm concerned. But so... I figure might as well go right into the same artist because he's next on my list. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, he does kind of have that a anime style. It's very up close and personal art style of Pokemon. Usually there's an energetic tone of the Pokemon. Um, there's some sort of emotion being very visibly expressed. And a lot of times it might be like an off-kilter but centered angle of the Pokemon as well. Uh, and that's a style that really kind of goes through throughout his history. Now, I do agree that he is very top-heavy in terms of the appeal of his cards. He, a lot of his cards are very nondescript for me. They don't really, like, he's one of the artists where if you would take five of his cards that aren't his top-heavy cards, you might not be able to recognize him, honestly. Um, yes, it's up close, but there's also other artists that kind of do a similar art style. You know, we might be able to guess, but at the same time, we might not be able to guess. Um, but I do think he has a little bit more than just Pikachu going on for him. Uh, 
he did do, for example, the Crystal Charizard. That is one of the cards that I think does stick out for him. And it's not my, one of my favorites, but I do enjoy that card as because a lot of it is because of the hollow pattern. But it's also because of the up-close style of Charizard's face that I like. Now, my favorite ones, we kind of mentioned a few of them. The Mario and Luigi Pikachu, we've already talked about that. I do have the pretend Poncho Pikachu, but it's not the ones you chose. It's actually the Carp and Gyarados. And I actually like those two more than I like the Charizard ones. The only thing that the Mega Charizard has going for it is, like you said, there he's expressing emotion. But as far as the aesthetic, I prefer the Carp and Gyarados ones more. And I would say after that, it would be the it would be the shiny Rayquaza and regular Rayquaza. Those are, I probably will eventually get those. They are on the list to eventually get. And they're actually cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> the the one you're after, of course, you know, it's a great card, but it's definitely the most expensive of the bunch. And as we noted before, we have in our conversations, that one is becoming more scarce to find on, on eBay. Um, meaning it's probably going to be pushed up even further as far as the price is concerned. It's already above and beyond the most expensive out of all of them. But it's that's only going to continue. And I like them all. It's just that, yeah. that extra bit of character to that one. And I don't know why that one is the only one that does that, because they also have a Mega Charizard Y mm-hmm. that's just kind of standing there. So yeah. yeah, I don't know why that one in particular... Got the special treatment. Uh, we know uh, why. <laughs> well, that's I what I'm saying. There's another one that's a Charizard, but well, I guess that I is the cooler Charizard because it's got the shiny colors to it. But. Yeah, that, that one was always the cooler one. Like the first time the Magus came out, I'm like, oh man, look at that. He looks so cool. You know, yeah. and I, I think that's kind of what it was. And I don't know what exactly said when it comes to Pokemon and these artists, but I imagine they kind of have an idea of what they want on some of these cards, and they want the artists to kind of stick to it. I wouldn't be surprised if some of that was the Pokemon company pulling those strings. Um, that's kind of what I think, but I would, we don't know for sure. Um, why couldn't they make now, the Mega Charizard Y black as well, or just they, make the Mega Charizard know. X, you know, orange? Why right. did why couldn't they make the carp shiny? You yeah. know, like they could have done that, and then all of a sudden that card rivals the Charizard, the hey the Mega Charizard X, isn't it? Yeah, the X, yeah. So that one would rival that one if that was shiny, or if the Gyarados were shiny. You know, they because they they did the Rayquaza shiny, so they clearly could have done it with any of the others, but but they didn't. Yeah. You know, I'm just saying if they if they did it, it would it would have rivaled each other, in my opinion, in terms of what the hobby views it when it comes to the market price. I like I said, I personally love the carpet materials. I just do for for the carpets, the aesthetic with the with, with the background that sticks out most. Um, and I just think it's funny as hell. You have Pikachu wearing a carpet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just it's just very 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 funny to me. I think um, they also sold that carpet on the Pokemon Center. Or maybe it's like yeah, they a, directly. Maybe it's a third-party product, but I want to say they've sold that. But I thought it was a part of a box. It was a part of a like the the Rayquaza had his own box, if I'm if I, if I recall correctly. 
and then it was like the Charizard had their own box, and then like they each had their own box. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like for the hat specifically, this was like the secondary product of that line. Mm. But, but yeah, I think they had their own separate boxes for the actual card and sleeves and all that. Kind of like the Mario box. Yeah, those special boxes are are pretty nuts. You know, they had like a Nessa box, Mario mm-hmm. Pikachu box, obviously. So they they still do those special boxes every once in a while. The Eevee Heroes special box. So they're always kind of worthwhile to uh, to check out. They got some unique promos there. But, yep, there's some pretty good ones for that. Yeah, and then um, obviously one of my favorite ones of him is the Arsa Dialga Palkia quote-unquote alt-art GX um, where they're all stone statues. Yeah, that's one of that's one of my all time favorites of Arceus in particular, and it's definitely a very unique modern card. And he obviously did a whole bunch of line of Pokemon Center promos. I love one of my personal favorites. There's two of them. One I own, another one I don't. The one I own is Cherry Blossom Afro Pikachu. The other one is the Firefighter Pikachu that I really really like. Um, and then. There was also a line from the Japanese Pokemon Center. I think you had to spend like $50 or something. Ugh, I can't remember the exact way you were able to get it. But the poncho wearing Eevee line. It's Eevee wearing a poncho of every evolution. Oh, yeah. And those were half those are cards, right? Yep. And they're not necessarily cheap, if I'm not mistaken. I think sealed. I think they're cheaper if they're unsealed, but sealed. They're, they Last I looked... I actually haven't looked in quite some time. They were approaching, I thought, like two fifty a pop. It's, I mean, it's Eevee. You got the Eevee tax. <laughs> yeah, I haven't looked those <laughs> up in a while, but yeah, I, I mean, that. yeah, they're about sealed. They're about two fifty. If you like, it's still in in the wrapper. Yeah. Now they're about two eighty four hundred in a ten. Those are other cards that are going to farewell too. These cards right here, like. I think these cards in a 10 will eventually hit a grain, if not more. Just because it's Eevee. <laughs> and, like, the art's amazing. <laughs> so, those yeah. are cards that... But... And they're not even necessarily niche, either. Like, they're not as... Like, they're more recent. I think they're kind of well-known, somewhat well-known. But... Yeah, and it's kind of hard, like... It's hard to see anything post-hype get that situation anymore like if those evs came out today there'd be so many of them yeah Um, they would be popular but i mean for stuff pre-hype like that i mean yeah you you just don't know because everything was so much more scarce even stuff that we thought wasn't scarce you know like that reds pikachu that everybody had 20 plus copies of when it came out you could buy those all day for like ten bucks, and well, this is where, in my opinion, the demand and desire of the card and the hobby. You get enough people wanting to have a lot of these cards, or you know, keeping more than one, and that's going to just slowly over time shift the price up. You mentioned, you know, how much there were. Well, the ancient Mew, I think, is a perfect example. Yeah, there's people with a bunch of them, hundreds, boxes of them, yet. 
the the ancient you sealed are keep on steadily going up. It's and it's it's a consistent amount. It seems like every six months or so. I, I've been kind of keeping up to. Last I checked, they were like forty dollars on eBay, for, even more if you have if you include the sales tax. Probably closer to forty not forty five with that. And I mean, I, last year I was able to get a bunch of them for around thirty, for example. Now I'm sure you can find those deals sealed. I'm, but it just seems like those cards sealed. I think eventually will hit again over hundred plus. I really do. It's going to take some time, but. Those are cards that are so popular in the hobby that just over time the card sealer is going to keep on going up, even though th there's a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot, but yeah, it's just all down to demand, really. So it's a uh, it's definitely weird. It's just one of those things. Like, yep. Yeah. There could be a ton of them, but the demand is mm -hmm. just could outlive it. So. Yep. And just the last one I want to mention is he did the RCS AR4. Um, I got that one in a 10. It's, I don't know if it still is. I'd have to check the pop report. But for the longest time, it was the hardest to grade. And I think it's one of the top two art in the entire AR line, with the AR5 being another. And I will mention who that one is by on my ne next turn. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, I guess for my next artist here... I am going to move on to Masakazu Fukuda. Okay. I think I pronounced that right. Masakazu Fukuda. So he has been around a while. His main stretch of cards really shined in the EX era. So he had some early stuff. Um, let's see, what was his first card in? So he went all the way back to EX Fire Red Leaf Green. So, he, yeah, he did not even start until the EX era. So Fire Red Leaf Green, he came in with the Meowth line and Tauros. And then his fourth card he ever made or designed for Pokemon was Torchic Gold Star. <laughs> or Trico and Mudkip as well. So all three of those. Mm. So pretty much jumped right into the heavy hitters there. It was not a very popular point for Pokemon, but he powered through. He made a lot of artwork in the EX era. Um, he does have a unique style, but it's kind of hard to spot. It's, it's more of the action of the Pokemon. So he has kind of like the anime manga style kind of cartoony looking like many have but his key features is like the background or the action of the pokemon he always draws the pokemon in action doing something it seems um so kind of unique in that way it's a uh, very action-packed scenes most of the time just pulling from random you know, here's a Dale Caddy. He has, like, leaping through the forest. Blaze again. Looks like he's getting ready to power up a Kamehameha. He's, like, bending over <laughs> in crouch position. So very, very action, action-oriented. Um, but, yeah, he worked with many game companies in the 90s before becoming a freelance illustrator and been providing artwork to... Um, Pokemon Company since 2003. 
He holds many artists in high regard and has several several interests. Um, he's a fan of many animes. He's let's see. He favorites manga artists um, from Otomo, Shiro, Toriyama. Um, he's got a whole list of inspirations here on the Bulbapedia. But uh, he's a keen biker, engages in wide-angle photography, and enjoys electronic music. <laughs> so weird that they have those details in there. But uh, yeah, his, his art style, I could just kind of explain it by that as just kind of being very action-packed, cartoony yet action-packed. Um, a lot of my love for him really comes from the gold stars. He designed, he, like he's the gold star guy. So pretty much all the gold stars are, you know, Fukuda. That's the man. Um, obviously, the one that stands out to me most is Charizard Gold Star. My opinion, you know, this isn't just because it's an expensive card. It is, in my opinion, probably the best artwork of all time for Charizard. It's like a very ominous-looking centered Charizard. He's black, shooting like red and black flames. Looks like it's at nighttime. The card itself is black because it's a dark type. So not only is it a shiny Charizard um, making him black, but it's in the EX Delta species set. So it's where the Pokemon is a different type than normal, and they just so happen to make him dark type. So that combination just really sets it off for me um and you know this was kind of one of the grail cards this and sky ridge charizard when i was really getting back into collecting um gold stars were kind of the holy grails of the hobby at that point um and they still are for some people but uh yeah this this charizard in particular just has so many memories tied to me um i don't know if i told the story before about when i bought my first charizard gold star which is the one i have today but uh they had a i think it was v stock like when v stock was kind of relatively new they opened one in like south county and this was like i don't know probably late 2000s maybe 2011 at the earliest but I went into that V-Stock. This is when I was like getting back into Pokemon pretty heavily. They had a Charizard Gold Star there. Not one of them, but two of them on the counter in the glass case. Um, do you remember if I... I don't know if I told the story, but if I have, do you remember what they were priced at? Was it like 100 bucks? I want to... I want to say they were both priced at like $25 a piece. It was either oh, Jesus. <laughs> it was either 25 a piece or 50 a piece. Whatever the situation was, if they were priced at 50, I I basically like could buy both of them for the price of what one of them was going for on eBay. So it was either they were both listed at 50 and they were going for 100 on eBay or they were both listed at 25 and they were going for 50 on eBay. But I have the picture on my Instagram somewhere. You guys will have to uh, dig that up. I'll share it when this um, episode goes live. But, uh, yeah, I was like, oh, my God, that's such a great deal. 
And I bought both of them immediately, of course, and within a week sold the lesser condition one on eBay. <laughs> I just threw it up on eBay like, man, I basically got this Charizard for free. So it was all about the grind back then. You know, the thought in your head, to, you know, why not keep both? Never crossed your mind. It was like, ooh, I could sell this and buy another gold star. So those were yeah. the days in that Charizard, like... I, for some reason, had the thought to take a picture, so I still had that picture, which is a great little memory, but yeah, this one sticks with me for sure. Kind of speeding things up, though, with the other gold stars that I like, um, Mewtwo comes up. That's probably mm. one of my favorites. That was actually my very first gold star card I've ever gotten. Um, this was probably before 2011 for sure got that from a friend that i played magic with we uh played magic pretty regularly multiple times a week if we could he had a random pokemon binder that he brought over because i told him i was kind of collecting pokemon on the side and this mewtwo gold star was in there and i knew it was different i knew it was shiny but i had no idea what gold stars were at that time so seeing that card and like wanting that card and trading for it, I can't even remember what I traded him for. Probably some magic cards. I guess what you said in one of your stories. Yeah, but yeah, that's what sparked my interest, and that's how I found out about Gold Star cards. And I still have that Mewtwo Gold Star card as well. So that's why I'm so tied to the Gold Stars, even though they don't really fit into my collection in any way. Like, I think I'll always have my set of Gold Star cards. Because those are the cards I kind of had the longest, and, like, each one of them has pretty much a story tied to it. Because I just remember those early days so well because of them. But for my number three card for Fukuda, I'm going to tie in the Umbreon and Espeon Gold Star. Um, they're the only non-hollow Gold Star cards. That is, until Celebrations reprinted Umbreon Gold Star. But uh, Umbreon Gold Star being reprinted in Celebrations has also made looking for the real Umbreon Gold Star significantly more challenging. <laughs> so the eBay's just flooded with, of course, the Celebration ones. So it's made the hunt for this card even more so. And this is... Umbreon and Espeon have always been the most pricey historically until I think recently Rayquaza has taken over. Um, but it's always been Charizard, then Rayquaza, which had been pretty much tied. And then Umbreon and Espeon were always the more expensive ones. But Rayquaza has taken the cake here recently, I believe, but Umbreon and Espeon are still number two most expensive, I think. I like that. I think that's one of the best Rayquaza arts of all time. Yeah, it was really hard not picking that one because, yeah, it, it's hard to beat too. <laughs> I mean, I agree. With, I agree. I was, I was kind of letting you talk, but I agree that the Charizard is probably the best or one of the best Charizard artworks of all time. Yeah. Sky Ridge Charizard um, was another one that was really hard for me not to pick um it was definitely up there um 
Koki Saito, my first artist, is actually the illustrator there. So that was another hard one to pick from him. But yeah, that's that's my uh, Fakuda. That's why he's one of my top guys. It's all about the the gold stars, and yeah, I love to see it. Takes me back, and just love those artworks. It's kind of like Sugimori for me. Like it's so nostalgic, but I actually like Fakuda's artwork for like what it is, not because it's just nostalgic. But so, my final one was I kind of had a choice. It was kind of a choice between a couple of them. Um, Himeno, Kejimaro Himeno. We kind of you m- mentioned them as well. And I agree. They're, they would be in my, my top five. Um, Shugamori is kind of like on the outskirts of the top five, being five, six. And another one to kind of round out the honorable mention artist is Shinji Kanda, which is obviously the newest one. Um, Shinji Kanda is kind of like if a love child between Komiya and my last artist I'm about to mention, Arita. And Arita is rounds out the top three. Um, Shinji Kanda just lacks the library because he only just recently came onto the scene, but he is quickly going to. He, he's he's already there um, amongst some of the most favorite, especially the newer collectors, artists, and the entire hobby. And his art just sticks out. You can immediately tell it's his, just like Komiya, and it's it's just amazing. I love the vibrancy of the colors, but. Ultimately, I couldn't include my top three because, like I said, he lacks the library that the other artists have. With that being said, Arita would round out my top three. Now, what makes Mitsuhiro Arita so notable, in my opinion, and I think one of the reasons why I like him, is he has this vibrant use of colors and lighting with this interaction with the, with the subject and the background. Um... And some of my most personal favorites of his actually are, like, commons and rares. He has a, for example, it's, I think it's a rare, it's a Suicune. Um, I forget which set is it, but it's, like, Suicune jumping through the air, and it has the sunset in the background. And that's another card I actually have a lot of, because to me, it just sticks out. Yeah. Now... A lot of his colors, or a lot of his cards that that have the background, it, they also really, really sticks out. It's a great use of overall vibrant colors. Something you sometimes see, like almost in like comic books. Um, now he's kind of been—he's basically been with the Pokemon since the very b- beginning, and the how he uses like the light with. The shadow just really, I don't know, that vibrancy of the color just really sticks out with me. And I think it's where a lot of people enjoy his art. Now, one of the ones that I'm going to include in my top five. Yes, yes, it's the base set art trio. And most notably, the Charizard. I know, I know. I talk about people simping for the Charizard all the time. I know. But ultimately... It's reached its, its notoriety for a reason, and it is one of the most defining cards and famous cards in the entire hobby. And 
without that card, maybe it could have been another card, I don't know. But those cards defines the earliest era in the very beginning of Pokemon. And because of that, I obviously include it in my top five. It was the card I wanted as a kid. It's the card that everybody still has to have, the base set Charizard. But I have to say the whole base set trio because they're all great. Um, you kind of have to take the whole thing. It's like it's like a whole group, right? You can't just pick one and not the other. Um, and one of the cards that also feature... I, I'm kind of going back and forth here. Uh, but one of the cards that kind of featured this color, I was just trying to find it, is a Smeargle from Fusion Strike. Uh, it's yeah. 209 out of 264. If you haven't seen that one, wow. That one's incredible. Um, now... He also did the Arceus AR5. That's the one with the moon in the, in the background that makes it look very godlike, like the god Pokemon Arceus is. And that's I have that one in a 10. I sold all my other 10s from the AR set to help afford Horkana, but I could not get rid of the 4 by Kuki Saito and number 5 by Arita. Those are my two favorites, and if I just have those two in 10s, I'm good. I really yeah, I am. He's got like, some good stuff. Now, what's also great from Arita, so he did, I mentioned this before, so my favorite alt art, he did the Noivern V, the Batman Noivern V from Evolving Skies. Um, now, let's see. What's the other one? Oh, yeah. Uh, how, well, lest we forget, the Test 2 Mewtwo GX. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Test 2 Mewtwo GX. He did a lot of the uh, tag team GGXs too. He like Blastoise and Piplup. But that Mew and then he did the obviously Mewtwo and Mew GX. That's one of my favorite Mewtwo cards right there. Uh, is a Mewtwo and Mew when they're both like with each other. I like the alt art, like the promo more, but I still love both of them. Now, watch me just of thought. Oh yeah, he. Um, also did the uh, Giovanni from the Team Rocket promos, the Japanese ones. Yeah, the that's probably my box, Rocket. Yep, box. yep, 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 yep. XY promo two seventy seven. That's one of my favorite Giovanni cards, and that is one of my favorite. Like, it's not like my top. It's probably my top five grail. Actually, it'd be like Mario Luigi, and then it'd be like a few of the pretend, and it'd probably be that one right there. Now, that card ain't cheap. That card's like $5,000 for all. <laughs> like, I'd love to have it, but they are not cheap. And they're they're pushing it upward, and they're going to keep on going that route. Because, again, they're some of the best cards in the entire hobby from the XY era. Best era in the entire hobby for promos ever. Not even a debate. It's clear. Um, and... A few of my other ones that I like is I love his Hound Doom from Neo Rev. Is that the one where he's like barking up at the sky? Yeah, with like the dusk in the background, like yeah. almost like a like a like the sky is on fire and you see like the night in the background. I actually had to get that one in near mint whenever I was getting those cards. I had to have that one in near mint. Yeah, that was and then, good. yeah, he he did a lot of the um, full art secret rares from the XY era, uh, like the ones that feature Mewtwo. He did the uh, Gyarados EX 
with the the shiny Gyarados with the Grand Ninja in the front. Nice. I mean, yeah, I mean, he just did a bunch of cards. Like, there's just a lot of, I mean, and he did the stamp promos. We're both, I prefer the Cramorant. You prefer the, uh, the, the, yeah, the Pikachu, Pikachu looking back, mm-hmm. beauty looking back. Mm-hmm. I, I do love it how he was inspired by, you know, older Japanese art. Yeah. Yeah, those are still some of the best promos. I might be looking for those, or at least the Pikachu in a 10. I just really need to see how the, the selling goes. But uh, Well, we're both kind of just hating here. All of our money's in Lorcana, more or less, and when it comes to the hobby, or a good portion of it. like That's why I haven't been talking too much about what I bought, because, I mean, there's a lot of cards I want to buy, but I'm holding off, you know? Yeah, just waiting. Yeah, like, because this, the, the reason why I got it was because it would allow me to afford buying some grails and completing a large portion of my binder set. And that hasn't changed. I've been sticking with it. And, you know, it's going to be worth the wait when it finally happens. Yep. My last artist um, shares a last name. Um, with another one. It is Naoki Saito. Um, he's still very active in the Pokemon community, still doing cards. Um, yeah, just very, very cool stuff. Um, I'll probably not say too much about him because his art style is very similar to um, the other Saito, Koiku Saito. Um, so yeah, it's a, uh, it's kind of very anime look, a lot of good promos from 2016. He was able to, you know, get a, get a hold of and design for Pokemon, those cards. Um, waifu! He's, he's got some waifus. Um, yeah, the, okay, I guess I'll just start there. He... Uh, there's two cards that I really like that stand out more than others, but my third category is his character cards. I really like his style of characters, um, how he does all the characters. He he does quite a bit of artwork for the characters. Um, he actually did the Post Malone V when uh, that was a thing. Um, but yeah, he does have a lot of the waifus under his belt, you could say. Um, he's got, he's got Marnie. He did the, uh, Sword Shield promo or Shiny Star V, I think it was in Japan. He's got that full art Marnie. He did the, uh, what other waifus? He got Gloria. Olivia. Olivia is a big one. Olivia. Because that one, I mean, that's pretty... I mean, that's actually like an actual woman, not like somebody with ambiguous in age. And that card, I think, is like a hundred bucks or something like that. I, I forget what it was. I I was curious because when, when I was going through like a bunch of like cards one time, I just came across that one. I was just curious, like Jesus. <laughs> I was yeah. curious how much it was going for, and it was like it was like sixty, seventy bucks. I'm sure it's probably close to a hundred now. Yeah, he did. He did Sightseer. Um, he did. Blue's Tactics and Red's Challenge, the full arts of, you know, Red and Blue, who became, you know, Ash and Gary in the anime. 
Um, those full art cards are really cool. Did some Brock's Grit. So he, he's got a lot of character cards. If you go even mm-hmm. farther back, he did another version of Sightseer, Lycia. He did the Lily from Ultra Prism. He's got another Olivia card from Crimson Invasion. So yeah, he's got he's got quite the list of uh, character cards, but and that Mass Royal, I think, wasn't that a trophy card that SM Promo eighty five? Um, I'd have to see it here. SM eighty five. Let me see. The Marshadow. Mass Royal. Pretty sure that's a trophy card. I'm not sure. I'll have to look that one up. Yeah, we have to look it up. I'm, I'm like pretty sure that's a trophy card, and that's like expensive as hell. Yeah. Um, yeah let's see. But yeah, go, go, sorry. <laughs> go, go ahead. I was I was seeing a Marshadow with that number. Yeah, that card is like ten thousand dollars. So yeah, that's what's the I mean, numbering on it again? It's it's one of those weird things where it's like I think it's SM eighty five, SP eighty five. Because yeah, this one just sold a month and a half ago, best offer at twelve K. Or you know, let's see if I can find another one. Oh, I see ya. Yeah, I yeah, see that one that. that one's a trophy card and there's not it's it's a variation card. Like, he actually has a lot of... I didn't realize he had that many trophies slash uh, world, like, tournament cards. Because he has a lot. He has a Battle Fest of Pikachu with SM61. That was a promotional item if you uh, participate in the battle tournaments. Which obviously has, like, three variations, including the 20th Anniversary Festa. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, the Aloha Friends is one of the best modern cards, 100%. Champions Festival, yep. Champions Festival, 2017, 2018. Yep. Yep. He has your in, Rashiram and Zekrom GX. Yep. Yeah, they, he's got some. He's got some pretty good stuff. Um, there's a best of X and Y in that I like even more though. That's like my my dream card there. But I think who was the artist on that? It was someone who's not like super you know out there. Mizutani. That's like my favorite character card of all time. And my favorite character in from black and white but uh yeah kind of getting back on topic though um naoki saito he's got some great stuff i really like his art for the characters themselves and that kind of goes into my number two card um which is funny you mentioned the special rocket box giovanni because the other card in that set is the next card that I'm picking. It's the Here Comes Team Rocket promo. Mm-hmm. It's the one with like Meowth, Jesse, and James yeah. on it. Also came in the Rocket Special Box. So very, very expensive. It is on my list as a Grail. And uh, 
just speaking to his character art style, that's why I like this card a lot. And I don't really care for the Giovanni, actually. I like the how Giovanni's positioned, but I don't like how like Persian is kind of at like a weird angle in the artwork. But as far as this one goes, I mean it's got everything that like appeals to me in like an art style. So I'm kinda of weird with the centering or symmetry and yeah, this this one really uh really stands out. Could definitely be a little waifu card there with oh Jesse's midsection there, but uh, <laughs> there's a uh, quite the emphasis there. But uh, yeah, it, it's a great card. It's a S or no, it's XY promo two seventy eight. If you want to check that out, but very very pricey. So the number yeah, one anniversary festival. Yeah, the the number one card, as a matter of fact, is. Yeah, what you just said. Uh, I saw your thunder in my bed. The 20th anniversary Festa promo, which is well documented as my favorite card of all time. I mean, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, search XY promo 279 right now. Because pretty much well regarded as one of the best of all time. It's got the 20th anniversary stamp on the card. It's a full art card with Pikachu front and center doing like a little hooray jump. 20th anniversary medal in the background. It's got confetti all over the card. And if that's not good enough, you got Bulbasaur, Charmander, and Squirtle right there in the background, you know, jumping for joy as well. So classic card this card to me i don't think it'll ever be topped um yeah i mean we've we've spoken on this many times already just captures the essence of a great promo card and the spirit of the hobby and everything all at once so my favorite artwork of all time my favorite card of all time i got it in a 10 probably never gonna be leaving me so <laughs> i'd actually probably buy this card in a nine and still keep the 10 like that would break my rules but you know normally i sell tens by nines this is one card that i'm i'm keeping no matter what uh, he did he did that Venusaur ex that one's pretty cool yeah so the one with the Charizard uh, fighting? No, not that one. Um, the actual EX. Oh, uh, he did the RCS XY promos from the uh, Black and White Radiant Collection. I did not know that. Those are great cards, too. Yeah, he has a lot of good stuff. Yep. So if I... Oh, there's one more artist I want to kind of give an honorable mention to. If, you know... The, the Saito artists, they're pretty, they're both pretty similar to one another. It's kind of weird, you know, having the same last name and kind of ish the same art style. But, uh, yeah, that very cartoony, skinny looking Pikachu. But if I had to swap one of those, um, I'd probably make room for Sao Sao. And that's someone we haven't mentioned yet. Uh, Sao Sao has this very unique art style. It's almost like a mix between drawing and color pencil type look. 
if you ever see one of the cards, um, it's just SOWSOW. That's how he signs, or that's how he signed under the illustrator. He's got a very unique and peaceful look to a lot of his cards. A lot of his cards are very action filled as well, but more calm. If if I could relate that well, it's kind of Pokemon in their natural element, blending into the scenes, and he's essentially like the Fakuda of you know modern cards. He doesn't have like the same art style. Like I said, it's more like a color pencil, watercolor type look or pastel colors. But uh, his Pokemon are very action filled like Fakuda. But whereas Fakuda is more aggressive, mean looking, he's very much so like peaceful, chilling feeling. <laughs> so I really like his art style as well. So Sal Sal is pretty much right there up in the ranks for me. As well as Sugimori, you know, just for being the OG. So if I had to extend it to a top five, like those two would be in there. And I could also say like Sao Sao's art in general, you know, with pretty much all these artists that I've mentioned, I like some of their cards, maybe majority, but Sao Sao, pretty much every one of his styles like I love. Like there's not a, there's not really a bad card that I see on his lineup. They all like kind of appeal to me. The ones that don't appeal to me are like Shining Fates, Baby Shinies, because they're so yeah blank looking. But yep, he's definitely a uh, one of my top artists. He didn't even start making them till Forbidden Light. So yep. That pretty much does it for me, though. You got any uh, anything else to add for the artists? Uh, I think I mentioned the other ones. Obviously, like Shinji Kondo was the other one. Himeno. Uh, I think if we really discuss some of our top artists in the Saito, I didn't realize they had a lot of those art cards too. They've done quite a few. Um, you know, one day I might kind of collect some of these worlds ceremony or worlds tournament trainer cards because they are unique and they are pretty cool looking um you know they aren't necessarily cheap per a car they're like basically anywhere from like i think it's like 120 150 to like 300 to 400 kind of in your mint um they kind of range but they also stay kind of steady with that price even ones from like 2011 2012 just because they are a very niche card, even though they're an awesome card, but because they're kind of niche and because they're limited more so than like a set card, they're pretty firmly around that price range. So it's not necessarily like a cheap purchase, essentially. So where, and it's kind of like, that's something I might do further down the line once I collect like the main goal, just have a whole binder of those cards. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Well, let us know what some of your favorites are in the comments or whatnot. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess we'll just go ahead and jump, see if you got any questions or anything. Um, I had one that we kind of touched on, you know, like kind of what were some of your runner-ups. So I feel like we kind of touched on that quite a bit. But, uh, yeah, what do you have another question that we could touch on or – I do. I thought this one would go well with our main topic. It's what is 
the worst artwork from your favorite artist? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, mine would generally have to be the style. Um, as I mentioned, like, I like pretty much all the, like, Saito styles as far as Pikachu goes. Like, I just really like how both of those guys draw Pikachu. But for Koku, um, or Koki, sorry. <laughs> Get these names mixed up. I don't know. Some of the lesser Pokemon, like he has done some nice artworks. Like he has a uh, Florigato and Meowscarda, you know, the newer cards. He's done a lot of alt arts there. But sometimes he just has a really plain looking card. Like he did like Swablu um, in a Crown Zenith as a character rare style. And it's just like a generic, like, Swablu with, like, mountain and trees in the background. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a nice-looking picture, but it's just really simplistic-looking. Like, for him to go go from stuff, like, even less common, like Verizian from Silver Tempest. She's, like, standing on a field on a rock with, like, the sun rising in the background. And just the colors and the way the sun's shining right behind her. It just looks so cool. And, like, I think that card is just a normal rare in the set. So it's not like, you know, the more basic the card, the more, you know, like, the less rare it is. But, like, every once in a while he'll just have, like, really kind of plain looking. And just seeing what he can do with backgrounds and stuff. Like... You know, really, really makes it hit or miss when you see, like, a really plain-looking card. He did the uh, Lugia and Ho-Oh from Celebrations, which are pretty good. Um, pretty much all the Shining Fates baby shinies look bad to me, so those, those are probably the number one, like, worst card for him, for me. Because they just don't do a good job, like... You know, there's no background on them. It's just, like, shiny mm -hmm. stars and stuff. Um, so, yeah. And, uh, yeah, the, all, all the other ones kind of have the same problems, too. It's just kind of every once in a while they do just, like, basic. Maybe they're in, like, a rough patch as far as their creativity. But mm -hmm. uh, as far as Fakuda goes, he did do the art for Greninja Gold Star as well. I really like how he's posed and like actiony, just like that, you know, normal Fakuda style. But again, the background just kind of, you know, sucks. It's just kind of a glowy background, and that's about it. So could have done a lot more there. I know a lot of the gold stars are kind of that way, but again, he has some baby shinies and shiny fates that are just kind of eh. Um. Mew SM promo number 215 looks really derpy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. It's hard to pick out, like, what's the worst, but, I mean, you can tell, like, there's Fan Rotom from Ultra Prism that's really basic looking. 
you can tell they just kind of drew the Pokemon and just threw in stuff from the background. And then yeah. you have you have stuff that like surprises you, like XY two forty one. It's a random Larvitar promo, but like it's very full of color and flowers. And Larvitar's holding a leaf in his hand, smiling. And even the flowers that are closer to the observer in the picture are kind of blurry, like they're out of focus. So just really, really good detail on some of the most simple cards. And then others are just like really bland. But yeah, what about you? Any, any bad cards so, stick out for you? Yeah, I... So the first one is going to be Kamiya. Uh, to me, it's the Galarian Slow King V from Chilling Rain. Um, that was one of his first full arts in a while. And when I was excited that he was going to have one, and I was kind of let down over the card itself. I, I'm just, the background's cool, but the Pokemon itself is just kind of bland. And... I'm just not the fan of that card for a full art. I was expecting a little bit more. I guess some of it is potentially my perceived expectation. I was kind of let down, and so that kind of makes me judge the card a little more harshly. Um, but ultimately, it's just not one I'm really interested in. Like, it's a cheap card, and I, I could like buy it anytime. I'm like, eh. yeah. <laughs> um, and then for Arita. It is the Greninja and Zororark GX from Unbroken Bonds. Now, I don't know if you've seen that card, but it is... For a card that features Greninja and Zororark, you would think it would be cool. But it's pretty damn bland. Honestly. Yeah. Like, it's like, let's do like a CGI rendering of Greninja and Zorora with this kind of a plain, empty background and... That's about it. For somebody like Arita, you think that card could have been a little bit better. Yeah. I just think it's one of his worst cards because of it. It's just very basic and simple. It doesn't feel like there was any thought given to it. It's just like, oh, I'm just going to create this. Here you go. And for Saito, I don't think it's necessarily a bad artwork. He has one that's really, really terrible. I think he just has a lot of bland cards. There's a lot of his artwork where he's very, very top heavy in terms of his his artworks. He has yes, he has an extensive library, and obviously some incredible cards, like some of the best cards ever in the entire hobby. But a lot of his cards are pretty are pretty like especially his set cards are pretty meh. Like I would never collect his cards for that reason. Yeah, yeah, and they're all you know everyone's kind of hit and miss, you know, with, yeah, their, absolutely. with their style for sure. But, but uh, I just think it's a large portion of his library, in my opinion. Yeah. But yeah, I guess that'll pretty much do it for the episode, though, unless uh, you got anything else to mention there. Already had an hour and 40 minutes. Not so, too bad. Not too shabby at all. Yeah, we're... Uh, if you guys notice, we're just uploading these in one spot now um, for the time being. You know, of course, we're on all the streaming platforms if you're mm -hmm. listening. Um, if you're wanting to watch on YouTube, which 
you know, if you're listening to this, there's not really a watch aspect of it. We're just uploading mm-hmm. the audio version with our logo to YouTube there if you want to listen that way. Um, so there's not any visual aspect to it, but that's going up on my channel. Um, so our our links should take you, like if you click on the YouTube link, it should take you to the playlist where all the episodes are. Um so yeah, we're just doing that because they can get a little more traction on my channel and if it you know ever requires us to go back to the main channel, we'll just do that. But you know, it's majority a listening podcast, obviously. Yeah. And we're not doing any visual aspects for the time being. So we're just kind of putting it up there just to have a way of accessing it. Yeah, and, you know, we don't necessarily have to be like, oh, my God, we're social media influencers. Oh, my God, listen to us. Oh, yes. uh, we, we, we don't we don't have that desire. Um, we do this because we enjoy it. And obviously, we would love to be able to expand for our medium. And we definitely appreciate everybody that does listen to our stuff. Um, it's just one of those things where we, we when we set out, we wanted to make an audio podcast. We didn't have the narcissistic tendencies to have to be quote unquote, a major social media influencer. Um, But, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to say anybody bad on any of the influencers, but we're in the influencer day and age where every guy, girl, they, them, everybody thinks that they're somebody, you know, (laughs) and uh, we, we do this because we enjoy it. Yeah. And like I've always said, it's it's a way to keep my interest. Like if we weren't doing this the last two months especially, I probably wouldn't have done anything Pokemon and been out of the mm-hmm. loop. Because, yeah, while we're waiting on Collecticon, I've been kind of in this hiatus. I even checked, and I think I went like a month without posting to my Pokemon Instagram. <laughs> so I made, a, I made a post the other day. I'm like, geez. It's like it's really kind of slipped through the cracks for me, but I try to post at least one a week to like make it look like I'm a semi-active account. Um, but yeah, it's been the same thing. I've been buying like I've only bought. Damn, I think so. I bought that card at Heady Gaming the 2016, and since then I bought thirty dollars in Pokemon TCG. I think at yeah. our local game store, just some singles and. So basically, in the last four months, I spent like three hundred dollars on Pokemon. Yeah, like you know, since late January or like January, like so. I guess it's almost five months now. Like it's just one of those things. Like I talked about, like I've narrowed down my focus. I know I'm going after that Mario Pikachu and just getting any other card that I might want or do a big dent and you know set cards distracts from that. So keeping the eye on the prize. Yeah, I'm really uh, just waiting for that collect con, like like we said. Yeah. And just once I sell all those things, I'll have the cash and like I'll reevaluate, see how much I have. Um, really wanna potentially lock in some goals. It's really it really comes down to just either buying grails after selling these cards or like setting up to where like I could do my other investments pretty, pretty nonchalantly for the next two years. Um, or put that money into grading my gold stars. So one of those three things is still going to happen. Um, 
But yeah, step one is sell. And then if that's going after a grail or investment stuff or grading gold stars or yeah, even potentially some set cards myself, <laughs> one of those things will happen by the end of the year. We just have to get to Collecticon. So we're kind of boring for the collection part for the first half of this year, but uh, we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, we do have the next few episodes planned out. A lot of them, you know, will be revolved around Collecticon when that happens. So I think a before and after episode on that, mm-hmm. 151 episode. Some other stuff and uh, era episode at some point coming up soon. Yeah, we basically have. I mean, we more or less have it till fall, kind of semi mapped out with just a few ideas needing to fill up some time. But I mean, yeah, we're, we're good. We got ideas that technically could take us almost to twenty twenty five. So yeah. All right, guys. Well, that'll do it. Let us know what you think down below or wherever you're listening, and we'll catch you in the next one. Until next time.